pullover. Lean in. It's time for the Soft Shoulder Podcast. I am your host, Danette Relic of Radical Creative Sanctuary, inviting spaciousness for your mind and your heart. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. The Soft Shoulder is your time. Your time to slow down and fuel up on self-love support so you can make the most of your gorgeous life. Join me here. Everyone needs a soft shoulder. Hello, sweet listener. I once threw, I threw several Halloween parties in my time. And the last one, um, this person left the party and who I don't know. <laughs> Mostly I knew the people at my party, but there was definitely some people who had heard about it or who were broad or who knows how they got there. But um, someone was walking out of the party and we knew that it was going to be a really epic Halloween party because first of all, it was actually on Halloween, which we usually would have it the Saturday before. Um, this time it all lined up. And it was also going to be the last one because my partner and I were throwing them together in our home. We had quite the reputation for throwing these really incredible parties. And we had just about two months prior decided to end our relationship. So we <laughs> let everybody know that this was going to be the last bash. So it was quite epic. It was a uh, a really interesting um, way to celebrate the relationship and also this legacy that we'd had in these wonderful parties. But I remember this woman leaving and um, I guess found out that I was the host and said, I felt like I was in a movie. <laughs> I was like, yes, I'm so happy creating these experiences for people. It's what I do in my work in so many different ways I've realized over the years. I love to create an atmosphere. I love to create a space, whether that's a metaphorical mindset space or a physical space like a house um, where people can feel free to explore and express themselves in a daring way, something bigger. It's a place to try things on. The Halloween parties are really was really a fun physical manifestation of the coaching work I do. And... I realize that's why I chose the name so many years ago, Radical Creative Sanctuary, as my business name, because I see it as a space. The sanctuary is a space and it was like radical and creative because it was a safe place where you could get truly creative. I don't just mean artsy craftsy. I mean creative like from the core of your imagination and radical. Um, yes, it's a daring word, but what I the reason why I chose radical was um, about the essence, the heart, the the single thing at the at the center of it all. Um, so anyways, the, the Halloween party, perhaps some of you listening have been in attendance over the years. Thank you <laughs> again for being there. I mean, we really couldn't have done it, obviously, without the people. And it took a while to build. So this is a lesson as well for if you have a dream and you want to you see the ultimate vision it's you have to start somewhere like we started well I started before meeting that partner uh, in my my home prior to that and then when we were getting together we were like combining our friends at these parties and so there was like lots of new people who maybe weren't really big into Halloween and you know we knew they were kind of nervous and there was a handful of people we knew they were going to try to come without a costume (laughs) I say try so you can see where we stood on the matter but we you know And it's one of those things where we had to have a hard line. We're like, no, this is mandatory. You have to wear a costume. And so the very first year we had those people who we knew didn't really want to dress up. They would show up like holding a mask, like they're wearing jeans and a t-shirt and they just kind of have a mask, kind of like in in my last episode, I talked about um, my Catholic high school uniform and how you had to carry a sweater just to show it to the teacher. You're like, hey, I got it. So technically I'm I'm here. Uh, And we had people doing that with pieces of Halloween items. And we're just like, no, that's not good enough. You need to step it up. But we actually didn't need, there was only one person we told to step it up, but (laughs) we actually didn't need to do it because what was so beautiful was that people would go in there. And what I realized, it wasn't that people, for the most part, 
It wasn't that they didn't like to dress up. It was that they didn't want to be the only one. They didn't want to be the one who went too far with the costume. Like they didn't want to stand out as someone who, you know, I don't know, was maybe too enthusiastic about it. And it was very clear, maybe just two, three years in, if that, um, where people were like, oh, oh, no, these people at this party, they're really going for it. So what else can I do? I'm not going to stand out. I'm not going to be the only one who's like in a really elaborate costume. And every year people would up their game, have more fun, um, just feel like they could wear something really big without... um, having that kind of attention that made them uncomfortable like they actually would blend in and um you know what what I love about there's so many things but dressing up is is a it's a very special thing for introverts I think because not all introverts will obviously want to wear a costume but it's a weird way that you can kind of float about in a social space without the small talk and the things that introverts don't really love um You can immerse yourself in an atmosphere and depending on the kind of costume, you could actually create it so that you don't have to do any communicating. I'm going to talk more about that in a minute. Today's episode is all about costuming, the power of of dress up, the fun of dress up. I'm just going to tell you some stories today, give you some ideas about how to narrow it down. So um, Halloween is, is it about a week away now? And Maybe you have nowhere to go. Maybe you don't want to dress up. It's still fun to talk about it. Um, but what if you got a last minute invitation and it's like, oh, it can be really overwhelming. You might want to do something, but you don't because you don't have a costume. I hope that you find inspiration here if you're resistant um, or just stuck. You know, I have lots of practical tips from my dressing up over the years. So the very first thing when it comes to choosing a costume is to just really get clear about the logistics, the boring stuff. So like, where are you going? Are you going to a party? Are you going trick-or-treating? Are you going to be outside or inside? If you're inside, are you in a club? Are you in a house? Um, What is this costume actually for? What bodily functions would you like to have access to? (laughs) This is a serious question. And also, what temperature are you working with? You know, where I live, you know, lots of stories about Halloweens from our childhood include like getting dressed up in a wonderful costume and then having to put a winter coat and snow pants on over top to go trick-or-treating. And my friends who came from warmer climates didn't have that problem, but it's all part of the strategy. Like if you know you're going to have to bundle up, you know that that skimpy, you know, hand-stitched mermaid bikini, it's like it's not going to work if you're just going to be out parading in the streets. So then, you know, you'll go in a different direction for the costume. And in terms of bodily functions, so just um, this might be something you didn't think about, but I always wanted to be able to dance. Um, you know, and that could look like a lot of things, but I was like, I'm going to be dancing. I want to be able to pee independently. (laughs) If you won't, if you're making a costume where you're gonna need assistance in the bathroom, organize that assistance. But I did not want assistance in the bathroom. Uh, And the other one was sometimes I would decide if I was going to be able to eat or not. Sometimes I would forego the eating. And but I definitely wanted to be drinking. And if you have like elaborate face paint on or or a mask that like you don't have access to come prepared with a straw. I am not kidding. You can also have. um... (laughs) Yes, I've thought about this a lot. Um, I I have a friend who um, has also started like incorporating like little zipper pouches on their costume for these like little things. You can have a little straw just. um, you know, or just whatever, just think about how you're going to do this and then come prepared uh, for things like touch-ups on the makeup, whatever. But um, uh, it's really important to think about those things, right? Uh, Some costumes you won't be able to sit in um, and that's a choice that you're making. But sometimes if you're really committed, you're like, yeah, I'm just going to stand like, you know, if you're on stilts, for example, this is extreme, but um, 
that's something that you have to consider. You're going to need assistance. Uh, are you going to be on transit in this outfit? Like, how are you getting around? So think about that as well and build that in as you go. I know you can get very excited building up a costume. And then once you're in it, you're like, oh, crap, I need an assistant. <laughs> Sometimes an assistant is great. It's also like a part of the costume. You could make it a, a partnered thing. Um, straws are your friend here. I just got to say mask. If you, if you if you have a mask, like even with the tiniest little hole, you just need enough to slip a straw in there. Um, and it's just a good thing to have. Lighting is another thing to consider. Um, I had a one of my party guests dressed in a Spider-Man costume that was spectacular uh, and realized that when he made the costume, um, he could see. I mean, he had a mask on. He had these eyes, but they were like meshy. So like you could kind of see through it. He thought his sight would be compromised, but, you know, that it would still work and didn't anticipate that when you go to the party, if you're in a dark room, he could see nothing. <laughs> like, absolutely nothing because he didn't practice um, wearing the costume actually in a dark room, right? So, um, sure, there'll be some mistakes or you'll, you know, there'll be some, you know, things you can't foresee, but there is a lot you can foresee. Think about, uh, where you're going to be, what you need to do. But I would just start with like bodily functions. Like you want to be making out with somebody, um, whatever. <laughs> do you want access to certain parts of your body? Um, I found this book and I don't know I've had it for a bunch of years. I don't even know where. I remember it being in a bin, like it wasn't in a regular store, it was some bin and it was it's just called Halloween from Pagan Ritual to Party Night and it's by Nicholas Rogers. Um okay, it says here 2002. And I just love I've read it a bunch of times. It's been a while now, but it's um this guy who just did like tons of research. Um uh yeah, on, um, sorry. <laughs> oh, yes, you're still here. I'm opening the book and just getting lost in it again. Um, so this is, he did a, a whole bunch of research, but he was really interested in um, how this holiday, what we call Halloween in North America, how it has just been a constant parade of appropriation of all sorts of things and adapting to... Um, um, like political climates and culture, but it's also varying from like, it's so interesting the like when it goes underground and when it comes back around again. And it's, there's definitely roots to trace, but I think what I remember about the book anyway, is that a lot of those roots, those loops aren't closed. Like there's, there's, it's more like guitar strings <laughs> that have individual kind of run parallel than it is like a bunch of balloons where all the strings like mash together in one source. Um, I hope that string metaphor lands. Um, <laughs> but um, one of the stories that I remember from this book is that, um, well, there's throughout the book, book he talks about um, rebellion of the people, which is a common theme dating way back. And um, there's this story about how when it came to Toronto, um, there was some kind of like Halloween riot down at... I think Cherry Beach or something like that, where cops came on horses and the partiers, who I, I imagine were like setting things on fire. I don't remember. It's as I said, it's been a while since I read the book, but they're they were up to no good and they actually chased the cops out. Like they won. <laughs> the cops fled on horseback away from these you know, Halloween, what do you even call them? Celebrators. Um, so it's a fascinating history. But anyhow, the point is, there's these two things that really stood out for me that I love about uh, this holiday and how it's arrived here. And there's a, the threat of rebellion and also the threat of creativity, like all this adapting, all of this stuff that, you know, keeps growing and changing. And it keeps keeps on doing that, um, especially when you bring commercialism into it and Hollywood and all kinds of stuff. Anyway, I don't know if you can find this book, but it's it's fun uh, if you're a Halloween nerd like I am. So Halloween from Pagan Ritual to Party Night by Nicholas Rogers. Nicholas Rogers, if you happen to be listening to this, I loved your book and thank you for all the work that you did. Um, so one thing I want to say, um, <laughs> are we still at the beginning? Yes. Uh, at the beginning here is that while I do love reading about pushing boundaries and rebellious behavior, I want to also just off the top 
talk about offensive costumes. So you might be looking at costumes that, you know, offend people and feel that, well, like, oh, this is a rebellious holiday in the name of rebellion. I should be able to wear what I want. And I want to just invite you to consider thinking bigger than this, right? So what if you operated in the name of rebellion and freedom for all people? And this is less about, you know, not offending others. Um, I find sadly that uh, for many people, that's not yet a motivator. <laughs> people with a lot of privilege just want the right to wear whatever they want. Um, so, you know, if you are one of these people who are, you know, angered or defensive about your right to wear whatever you want, I would ask, what are you really fighting for? What is important to you? And if you're currently thinking, well, if other people get offended, that's their problem. I just want to suggest that what you are doing is may not be as simple as offending others. What you are doing is showing others the limits of your current understanding. And I invite you to think bigger because it's more fun. If you're not motivated by just being a good citizen, also, it's more fun and more creative. Um, in the past, you may have dressed in costumes that, you know, at best celebrate or admire a culture that is not your own. And now you're looking back and going, oh, like that wasn't cool what I wore three years ago, five years ago, whatever. Well, good news, because when you know better, you can do better. So I invite you to lean more onto the side of creativity and perhaps see rebellion in a new light. You can rebel against the idea that appropriating culture is the best we can do. We've been doing it for a long time. Are there better ways to rebel? Yes. Use your imagination. If you're not sure about the costume that you're choosing or leaning into, don't do it. Think bigger. There is a fantastic article about this. If you Google fantasy or disrespect, Halloween costume pitfalls to avoid. It's on the body is not an apology website. The article is written by Maya Gittleman. And um, also side note, so that's a great if you want to read more about that, you're curious about that fantasy or disrespect Halloween costume pitfalls to avoid uh, by Maya Gittleman. And if you are not familiar already with the, the website, The Body Is Not An Apology, or the work of its founder, Sonia Renee Taylor, do check it out. Um, you know, this is more work. If you're listening to this, you are a fan, uh, a student of self-love. I see my, uh, my specific work in the self-love world as like really acorn focus, but I mean, these are all facets to a much bigger picture. Sonia does a gorgeous job of showing us the oak. Self-love isn't a seed you keep in a box. <laughs> Your acorn needs attention, but the point of the acorn is not to remain an acorn. You plant it, nurture it, it grows, it branches out. And the more we nurture this, the more our branches nurture others in the world, and we are not free until everyone is free. So really, when I say it all starts with you, when I say all, I mean, like, I'm thinking really big with that all. Are you with me? Okay. So choosing creativity and focusing on the kind of freedom, freedom, <laughs> that's a nice word, freedom, freedom, <laughs> focus on the kind of freedom that radiates and lifts all of us. And now that we are being love rebels and we have a clear idea of what this costume's logistical needs might be, let's get to dreaming. I am a fan of making things easy. <laughs> so be resourceful. What do you already have? Like, is there like one item that you already have, one costume piece that you already have, or just some unique prop that you already have that you can build on? What do your friends and neighbors have? What would be easy to source? You might have a friend who really loves to uh, paint faces and do makeup, maybe, and they just never get a chance to do elaborate, fun, weird Halloween stuff. Like they might be thrilled that you asked them and they would love to help you out. So think about what you have around you, because I know Halloween costumes can 
you could spend so much money and time on these things, really. I mean, you could really, there's really no limit to what you could spend depending on how elaborate you want to go, but it doesn't have to be that way. So look around to see what you already have. And let's just have a little uh, category refresher, right? I've noticed over the years of hosting parties, people, there are some people who flitter about in different categories, but there, I notice that people tend to stick within a particular category often. So um, archetypes, um, superheroes, characters, some people like to do those uh, fun with pun costumes, like the serial killer, where you have some kind of like cleaver <laughs> or a weapon of some sort, and you're actually just covered in like breakfast cereal, like things like that. Um, another category is objects like the crayon costume, the giant M&M, the like, you know, um, <laughs> this couple once came to our party is like uh, craft dinner, which if you don't know what that is, it's um, a very, I feel like it's a real Canadian like comfort food. Uh, so one came as a single noodle and the other <laughs> came as the packet of cheese that comes in the box. Um the packet of cheese. So the problem with like, and that's another category as well as couple costumes or partner costumes, because the cheese packet was was recognizable in every room if they were on their own. The noodle, <laughs> not as much. It was like cool, but it was like if, she, if you know when she was wandering around without the cheese packet, it just was like there's lots of room that was uh, for interpretation. And with his uh, craft branded cheese pack um it was we all recognize that immediately so something to consider if you're doing partner costumes um dressing all in one color and you know dressing in pink and just being bubble gum a giant fried egg like that kind of thing um then there was uh oh so many years ago i don't even know who these people were but they came to my house and there was a guy and a bunch of girls and he was was uh they were that oh god i should really press pause and google this i'm is it robert palmer um (laughs) the video (laughs) i'm gonna let it roll i don't remember you know what i'm talking about the music video and all of the the backup so you know musicians in quotes it was all these women in these the same dress with like a deadpan face and the red lipstick and they had their hair slicked back and then Shania Twain kind of did like a spoof of this like with gender reversal with the dudes behind her like topless pretending to play guitars do you guys know what I'm talking about (laughs) anyway this whole pack of them came in and immediately recognizable like this group walks in and we were like we know that video we know that look they nailed it it was simple it was also probably very affordable like it was like it was just a matter of like the hair slick one red lipstick and really um plain black dresses that they could find or borrow so um that was a good time group costumes um and then there's of course classics right like the halloween classics that we know of like the cat the pumpkin the ghost the witch the vampire those kinds of things so those are some categories check in with yourself and just see are there any obvious yeses and nos for you like when you think about you know looking human versus not looking human do you find yourself leaning in one direction or the other (laughs) you'll probably see some obvious yeses or nos in terms of some general directions that you want to take this Not only do we tend to have our favorites in terms of categories, some of us have favorite costumes that we just bring out year after year. Um, I have no problem with this. You don't have to come up with a new thing every year if you don't want to. I, as a, when I was a kid, I had one of those, um, you know, those store-bought costumes. It was basically like a plastic apron uh, with sleeves (laughs) and, uh, and a little plastic mask, um, that you could just buy in a grocery store or something like that. I had the strawberry shortcake one and I wore it many years in a row and I wore it. I knew where it was in the crawl space in our basement and I used to dig it out and just wear it other times of the year. I just loved this costume. It made me so happy. Um, Guess who did the same thing when she was a child, except it wasn't strawberry shortcake. It was a witch. Any guesses? You won't be surprised. It's Alison Tarr of techcoven.com. It's like she knew the future. 
<laughs> I know if you're not familiar with tarot card readings, which is what uh, one of the things that Allison does at Tech Coven, um, you might think that it's like it's about um, future telling. And this is not the way that Allison would describe it. It's not like set in stone. This is the kind of thing where it's providing you guidance. It's projecting ideas about the future, possibilities of the future, but that's all presented to you in this moment, not as like um, a fate that you cannot change, but as uh, a way to really tap into your intuition now um, so that you can move forward and create the future that most feels aligned with you. This is a beautiful time of year to treat yourself to a tarot card reading. You can do that over at techcoven.com. Every episode of The Soft Shoulder is brought to you by Tech Coven. Thank you, Allison. So if you don't want to be a witch <laughs> or a cat or the is it addicted to love, the hell was this going to really bug me? Um, <laughs> if you want to keep it simple, if you want to keep it simple, focus on your head. And that's it. Chances are, if you are going to a club or a crowded street party or even a house party, that you might have like, oh, I've got these perfect shoes of the period that I'm dressing in. And it's like all this stitching in the nylons or whatever. And it's like people won't even see it because you're going to be standing in mobs of people. If that's the case, good news. Don't worry about that. Don't spend time and money on those aspects. You can just cloak yourself in something just to keep it really intentional looking, um, like a big cape or just all one color, all black, whatever. And really focus on a mask if you're comfortable wearing a mask. This is great. Just masquerade. You can just do it absolutely anything at all. One of my favorite things to do uh, to make something that's unique is uh, and also cost effective if you're crafty or you feel like being crafty. Um, craft stores like Michael's or uh, even costume shops will have um, just a really simple mask like um like just it'll be just white, plain white with eyes cut out and an elastic or something like that. Uh, they'll have half ones or full ones. Many of my masks were, um, <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm going to reel it back a little bit. So years ago, I was like, I want to make my own mask. And I thought, you know, and of course, I'm ex it's fun to learn mask making and paper mache and like plaster and all this stuff. But after doing that, I realized that I either needed a, a lot more skill <laughs> a but um it's hot <laughs> a lot of these materials I was building with were really hot really heavy and then there was all the mechanics of like figuring out how to put a strap onto it and how to get it on your head and so at some point I just cut out that all that extra work bought one of those cheap you know simple masks and then I just cut them and paper mache over top of it, glued things onto it. So I really did change the look or the feel of it, but what was intact was just a basic foundation and the strap is already there. So I didn't have to worry about that. I find that often uh, those, <laughs> those masks don't leave room for, um, maybe it's just, I can't be alone in this, but my nose was just not fitting in any of these masks. Um, that it was like smushing my face. So I took a little, you know, those, um, it's like those like sponges actually it could be any kind of sponge but I would cut like a little corner of one of those like makeup sponges um, and I glued it to the bridge of the nose on the inside of the mask so that it just elevated it up a little bit off of my face so I was able to breathe so if you find that it's not comfortable you can just put a little tiny sponge just somewhere inside that's just gonna lift it and sit it uh, somewhere that feels good um, and then I would use uh, you could use glue um, I used uh, like gel medium and, and just, you know, like tissue paper really. Um, and then just can paint over top of that. So, um, that might just eliminate a whole, but first of all, it's so fun to wear a mask and to create a mask and it just takes all of the other questions off the table. You don't have to worry about the rest of your outfit. If you have a fabulous mask, that's where people are going to look, um, very, very simple. The point uh, or the, the key for that is just to make it look intentional. So it can be very economical. Just, you know, I would just go all in black or whatever um, and use a mask. Of course, if you want to 
keep going, <laughs> you can. Adding a wig to a mask, adding a hat to a mask. Um, if you have a fabulous outfit, go for it, but you don't need it. Um, that's a really nice, simple way to focus. So that's one idea that has tons of potential. Another way in, if you're not, you just really don't know where to start is, this is maybe a weird question, but have you ever wanted a tail? (laughs) There's like, I find that there's certain items, certain props, certain things that people would just, that you're not really, you can't really get away with wearing them in the day to day, but you just, you gravitate towards it. Like maybe think of like what you really loved as a kid. Did you love wearing capes? Um... I really loved, you know, the idea of having a tail. Some people love the idea of like um, having some kind of stick to carry. So that can be like a wand or a weapon or like a a walking stick or like whatever. Um, Wings are another one. Crowns are another one. Horns, these kinds of things. So just let your your mind wander and go like, you know, yeah, I kind of want to carry a big stick. Great. There's so many costumes that you can do that's going to do that. Like the tail, for example. Um, I mean, if you're in masquerade, you can add a tail. There's obviously a whole bunch of like animals that you can add tails to. Um, But it's mostly, it doesn't even matter if it makes sense. More about that in a second. It's just about how you're going to feel. You have this opportunity to wear whatever. What is it about wearing wings that make you feel really excited? Um, Wouldn't it be great to walk around and have the experience of having wings all day? Like, that's great. As grownups, we don't get the chance to do this as often, at least not with um, consequences. (laughs) There's a lot of kids in my neighborhood that just wear weird crap like that all the time, and their parents think it's adorable, and we all smile. But I think that we all know if some adult came into the coffee shop wearing wings, it would just get a different reaction. So this is your opportunity <laughs> to think of something that you just really want. You want to carry a wand? What carries a wand? Um, start Use that as your starting point and then you can brainstorm out from there. Another costume idea that works um, more for some people than others is what is your unfair advantage? And what I mean by that is do you kind of look like a particular celebrity or actor like do you already sort of have the bone structure the height the body shape uh the coloring whatever and you can or you know you could pass like with a little bit of help you could pass um if that's the case there used to be i'm sure that you can do this but i remember a website years ago when i was um helping people i would i would coach people before my party <laughs> on finding a right a costume and creating it with them and there was this website where you could basically submit a photo of your face and it would give you this reading of like what percentage you are of all these different celebrities um i imagine that's something like that is still available that's a great way to start because if you kind of look like let's say johnny depp this is someone who has a heel like the repertoire of characters you have to pick from so you don't have to just go as Johnny Depp like oh I kind of look like him I'll just go as him no what did he play you can pick from all the different times all the different characters all the different and there's you know a huge I mean especially with with him there's a huge spectrum but you know you might be surprised to see like actually no I kind of look like this person maybe of a you know a band or whatever Um, Where it's easier for you than it would be for someone else. Um, I I did this without the unfair advantage. I, for years, was fantasizing about being the Goblin King from the Labyrinth. I look absolutely nothing like David Bowie. Um, (laughs) I definitely didn't have the height, definitely didn't have the physique. um, But I just wanted to be this character so bad. So if you don't have the unfair advantage of already kind of passing where you can just sort of slip into one of their characters, this is also an opportunity to reimagine or create a character of your own. So, you know, I believe it or not I found this video I was so I was doing my thing with the mask I bought a white mask I textured it with some like tissue paper and then I uh, I cut half of the mouth out and um, I basically uh, I 
I looked for a wig. I knew the hair was going to be important. I looked for a wig that was closest to the hair. And then I painted the face um, and uh, onto this mask. And I really wanted to include his teeth. And I was Googling and I found someone had put a video together that was basically just the like the the history of David Bowie's teeth and how they changed over the years. And I was like, I love the internet. So I did a little sketch of his teeth at that time and just like drew them on paper and tucked them into the mask. And it was weird, um, <laughs> obviously, but I, I just pieced some things together so that I felt the essence of the character. I didn't care that I didn't look like him. Um, and that's another option for you. You know, on Halloween, you do not have to, if you think there's rules, there aren't. This is another way that you can rebel you don't have to have an answer to the question, what are you? You don't owe anybody an answer. They want to know what you're being for Halloween. You can just say like, well, wouldn't you like to know? And that's it. You don't have to tell them. <laughs> and they can also interpret it. It's art. It's whatever. It's a feeling. You don't have to have an answer. So don't worry if you're like, I don't know, I'm wearing a wig and I'm wearing some horns and I'm not sure what this is. Imagine what you want it to be and just enjoy it. You don't have to define this. Uh, over the years, another character I made actually came to me in a dream. Uh, there was this kind of makeup and grandness that I had this weird dream of and I sketched it in the morning and I just called her queen of the dream world. And uh, I just, I knew it was going to be grand. I knew it was going to be all black and white and kind of strange. And uh, I just built it. What's nice about creating your own character is that there are no rules, so there's no getting it wrong, right? Like there's no, if you go off-roading, nobody can say, oh, yeah, that's not really what Dracula looks like or whatever. You just get to make it up. And over the years, I've seen at these parties that I would throw really fun characters. Like, oh. <laughs> one um, was a sort of a spin-off character, which was, um, gosh, I wish I could remember the name. See, this is a really big part of it. Like owning the, if you're going off-roading with your Halloween costume, create the character, right? Like give it a name, give it a name, give it an identity, give it some dignity. Okay. So don't be like, I don't know. It's just a pile of stuff. No, you get to just name it, <laughs> name it, whatever you want. Um, one of my party guests came as Edward Scissorhands cousin and he just created this whole other character and had spoons for fingers <laughs> and a chef's hat. And he, anyway, it was fabulous and bizarre and amazing. Another benefit to doing this kind of costume is you can guarantee that nobody will be dressed the same. This is like, I'm sure we've all seen this or maybe had this where you, you want to go as, I don't know, Wonder Woman. And then you show up at the party with your like, handmade outfit or whatever and then there's some other wonder woman and she's like decked out and you know had, had more resources to work with and it's like uh um <laughs> so if you're making your own character costume there's going to be no comparison there's going to be no other um one of you there you'll be one of a kind um another obscure character uh was this god my apologies for <laughs> the memory gaps that I'm having here, but there was a there was a long name, and it was a third runner up in a pageant, and it was like a potato pageant. It was a very specific story. You know who you are <laughs> out there, and it was like she came with like a little basket of potato chips. She, in the basket of potato chips was a little tiny potato that also wore a crown. And there was a sash, like it was ridiculous, and it was great, and it was just a resourceful thing. Stuff she had laying around. It was hilarious and wonderful. Um, another, the last one I'll share with you is also a warning because while this was an interesting creative idea, I don't recommend it. Um, <laughs> One of our guests came as uh, dressed entirely in orange. And when you asked him what he said, what he was, he said, he no, he didn't answer you right away. He came close to you and then hugged you and held you uncomfortably close and then whispered in your ear, I'm an orange squeezer. Okay, that's not cool <laughs> unless you know the people that you're doing that with and you know that this is a welcome affection. Um, so also just a warning to just, you know, be respectful of your party goers. Um, but also on the other hand, great 
you know, he just wore a bunch of orange clothes and just made up an identity. The point was he committed. That part I commend him for. Um, So let's talk about introverts. If you don't really, if you're going to a big party and you're kind of nervous about it, create a costume that basically forces you to not socialize with anybody. I, (laughs) this might sound weird to people, but I really love you know, getting really elaborately dressed up on one hand, like you get attention, but on the other hand, you're kind of hiding and it's a really uh, safe and wonderful way to move through a party. Um, I had a guest at one of my parties who was amazing. It was, it was like, I don't know. Um, there was all this, is it cousin it? It was like just this, all this like stringy stuff. You could not see a face. You could not see a face. It was just this hay string, uh, bizarre wild kind of creepy thing it's just walking around um you could not see a face you could not see there was no identity but people were pretty confident because you know this creature was not disturbing anybody it was being very peaceful just lingering but it would also kind of like join conversations but it just wasn't talking and um everyone was dying to know who it was and of course me because I'm the host so I'm looking around at like who's not here who could this be uh and it was just it was really fun and strange, but she created that whole thing so that she could have fun in her way and also not talk to anybody. Um, another uh, far more elaborate um, costume for an introvert was this cat robot. And so it was like this box and inside the box and the box was looked like a cat um, basically. And then inside the box, um, the artist had taken a, um, like an office chair that's on, on like rolly wheels and like basically was sitting on the chair with the whole box over top and the box was on wheels. And so she was basically just sort of scooting her feet around, <laughs> like moving, but like at our waist height and she could open up, she built a little shelf inside for her tea and her camera and she could open up the mouth of the cat robot and then on one hand had um, uh, a puppet of a mouse that would come through the um, the cat robot mouth. I mean, it was absolutely in- incredible. Also gave her, um, you know, this is someone who was like, I want to go to this party. I want to build this cool thing. I want, but I also kind of want to be, you know, have some privacy and drink some tea and take some photos. And she just created that whole atmosphere for herself really incredible. So that also brings me to costumes that um, give you a task if you're nervous. So, um, you know, like something like um, uh, another party guest would come as like a, like an old timey photographer. So like an old suit and hat and like camera and a, a badge, you know, being a paparazzi person or something like there's lots of ways to do that where you're just busy doing something so that you can stay in character. Um, what I'm saying is you can hide in style. <laughs> so if you're feeling anxious or shy, think of creative ways that you can still be a part of the crowd and get yourself comfortable and give yourself what you need. You have every permission to ignore people, walk away, etc. I mean, if there was ever an evening where ghosting is cool, it's Halloween, <laughs> right? Right. Ah. So <laughs> what parts of you do you want to make space for see halloween is you know it's easy to be cynical it's yes it's a commercial holiday and you know there's certainly lots of things to complain about um if you look for them but what i love so much is like i said in the beginning was just that it it allows us to express parts of ourselves that we don't usually allow that we don't feel safe expressing or that are kind of new to us right So how do you want to feel that's different from how you're feeling now? Or what do you want to amplify that, you know, you're kind of curious about and you really want an opportunity to go bigger with this? If you are a personal growth nerd like me, look at Halloween for the opportunity it is to really step into another identity. Challenge yourself. Have you been feeling... um, feeling kind of small lately. Go grand with your costume. How much room can you take up with this? Have you been feeling kind of trapped lately? 
What is a costume that just like is all about freedom? What would feel free to wear? My arms right now are wide open. And of course, I immediately picture a bird, but I mean, this could be anything. If life is feeling kind of dull, how elaborate can you go? How sparkly can you go? And also, if you're feeling kind of stuck in your mind, like a lot of that, um, you know, just overthinking, oversaturated, go animal with your costume. Bring it into a place where you're going to have permission to move differently, to not overthink, to not be perfect. Animals are great for this. In fact, you can combine animal costume with like a pun costume and go as monkey mind and whatever interpretation you have of that. Um, I really like pairing things together. Um, like I said, if you kind of looked like Johnny Depp, don't just go as Johnny Depp. You can be one of the characters. Uh, you can add zombie to anything that you're already being. Um, like you want to dress as strawberry shortcake. How about a strawberry shortcake zombie? Like take it up a notch. That's also one of those things where you're probably not going to see two of those. <laughs> I would imagine at a party. Um, yeah. So there's lots of fun ways that you can be playful and, uh, and combine elements to make it unique. When it comes to like an animal costume of some sort, I find that even just talking about it, my body is changing. <laughs> I've grown a tail. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but I would be moving differently. I would be sitting differently. I would certainly be dancing differently. What do you want your body to experience Go with that. This is a wonderful time. If nothing else, you get to choose this in a way that is much more permission giving than any other night of the year. So playful, yes. And this brings me to, yes, sexiness. Okay, so I know if you go to a party store, I know the whole sexy version of usually a female costume is like, it's ridiculous. I understand this. <laughs> mainly because it seems mutually exclusive like you go into one of those package stores and it's like the the costumes that are steamed for women are just like they're always sexy versions of things it's like the same outfit whatever now while it's easy to mock this and to deconstruct it trust me i'm a fan of deconstructing this absolutely and hold on remember that we are love rebels here why do so many people Enjoy the opportunity to brave some over-the-top sexiness in their costumes. Partially because there's no other options, perhaps, but I really feel like it comes from somewhere where this is that part of ourselves that, you know, for lots of reasons, doesn't feel safe to fully exaggerate, doesn't feel safe to fully express on the day-to-day -day for lots of good reasons, and this is an opportunity. And it's irresistible. It's very common, right? So, you know, when it feels safe to play, you know, this is interesting just culturally, like why <laughs> is everybody just one night of the year? Let's be really sexy. That's, of course, it's interesting. But my take is go for it. There's a reason why this is happening. If that's how you want to feel, absolutely go for it. And never mind anyone who questions it. Never mind anyone who's judging it. We don't need to be like shaming anybody for how they're dressing for Halloween. Um, this is all about you and how you feel. So embrace this, invite yourself into it. Have you never tried doing that before? Have you kind of like made fun of people, but like you secretly kind of wish you could pull it off, so to speak? Um, <laughs> what could you do that may, it doesn't even have to be those like short dresses and boots or whatever those package costumes have. I don't know. Um, what would make you feel sexy? Again, it could go right back to having a tail. <laughs> that might be all that you need. Um, a cowboy hat. I don't know. It's up to you. So ask yourself what you want to bring to life on all the non-Halloween days and see how you can really, really go for it this year. Clothing makes us feel things. It does color makes us feel things. You would know this if you've ever gone into a place and, you know, just for fun, tried on goofy hats or sunglasses. Like 
the fun that you can have when you're just trying things on things you would never buy like if you're out in a I don't know yeah you're in some kind of grocery store you're on a road trip you know you're trying on a bunch of glasses you're laughing like this is ridiculous this is what this evening is all about this is what this uh, celebration is all about and you it opens up perhaps something funny perhaps something strange perhaps something disturbing in you all of it is you I'm interested in how you feel, not how you look. So this Halloween, let it be a playground, a sketchbook, a studio for you to experiment, to try things on, to feel how you want to feel, to give your body the experience that it wants. And I would also invite you, dear listener, that to not just let it be, you know, one evening and one party. While you're out there, doing your masquerade things with my craft tips or, um, you know, maybe dressed as monkey mind or whatever it is that you go for. While you're out, just for a moment, remember this podcast and remember that whatever you're feeling in that moment, you have access to that every day of the year. And if you have access to that, you have access to so much more. What are the ways that you can bring it out in yourself. Enjoy your imagination. Enjoy the imaginations of others. Play safe, be kind, and remember you are someone worth loving. It all starts with you. Have a fabulous Halloween, everyone. Um, if this year feels like it's still too soon, plant the seed for next year. I'm all about taking things off your plate. If you're planning for 2020 to really come out (laughs) roaring on Halloween, you've got all year to dream about it. You've got all year to also like pick up some discount stuff. It's all going to go on sale (laughs) in the next few weeks, right? Um, And you can piece things together so that you're not scrambling last minute next year. All right. Take good care of you. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.